and welcome to another edition of Best Bets here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. You can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Follow my co-host Gene Clemens on Twitter at Gene Clemens. Gene, week one was interesting. We saw a lot of different things, a lot of fun things, a lot of wow moments in week one. And now we're into week two, and we can introduce NFL picks now with this uh, podcast. But first of all, if you're not or this is your first time listening to this podcast, be sure to follow us both on Twitter, but also subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and also subscribe on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash FBGP podcast. So Gene, how's it going this evening for you? It's going well, man. It's going well. I was a little bummed that Nebraska got um, delayed or or canceled um, because I really thought I was going two and one this week um, after, after, um, I had a I had a letdown um from Texas. But you know, one and one, we'll take it. Um opening week without having any type of real legitimate knowledge on teams and how they're gonna play. Now it gets interesting for college because we've seen it, we know what to expect, and we get to introduce in the NFL. Yeah, we we're just gonna jump right in right away. You talk about some college football stuff. Uh one game in particular I'm I'm looking for and I have right here earmarked Kansas versus Central Michigan. And the reason why I chose this game is Kansas is fresh off of a loss to Nichols. And shout out to the Nichols Colonels because they did a great job coming up there ready to play. But this is what a lot of people don't understand about week one matchups is the reason why you saw five FCS schools knock off FBS programs in week one. You have all spring, summer, fall camp to practice for one doggone game. Now you get into the situation where you practice uh, one week or maybe three days for a game, and that's when you're going to start to see who's real, who's fake, who's a contender, who's a pretender. So I said all that to say this. Kansas, yes, that was a bad loss for the Colonels, but they shouldn't drop their football program like some idiot wrote today. But Dumb. I will say this. They are five-point underdogs to Central Michigan. Now, Central Michigan had some issues before with teams of the same caliber – of a Kansas, you know, teams that are, are not highly ranked, you know, or highly thought of last year, just to bring up last year, they were, they had to go to double overtime to beat Rhode Island. So I look at Kansas and I know they've recruited well, and I know they have good talent on that roster. Nichols was a playoff team last year in the FCS. So that's not an excuse. I know Central Michigan was a bowl game last year. However, I do think Kansas can cover and also win this game. So I'm taking Kansas in the points. And and that's a that's a great pick. Um, I think it's ridiculous when you think about Kansas giving up their football program. I think the problems that Kansas has had is inconsistencies, and when they become more consistent and they they really find an identity and hone in on that identity, I think that Kansas football can be be competitive, um, like it was you know some ten years ago. So definitely don't think it's anything to be you know, to, to cancel a program. But I also know that that's a bet you can go on to yourself. I'm, I'm <laughs> staying away from I'm staying away from Kansas and Central Michigan. But I like the pick, though. Yeah, it may be a little bit emotional for me, but I, I, I can understand why someone will stay away from Kansas games because you don't know which Kansas team or Kansas team you're going to get uh, each and every week. So what college game are you looking at right now? Well, I think when we look at the week one, it was some some statement games made. I think there was a statement made by Alabama, and Alabama said, remember those years when 
we just like to beat somebody and shut it down. Well, those years are gone. We haven't seen, and, and this has nothing to do with Tua Tagovailoa, in my opinion. This has to do with an offensive coordinator being in place who has a mindset very similar to Lane Kiffin when Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. You see a lot more aggressive play calling. And because of that, and because of the depth of having two quarterbacks and essentially four running backs, I call it the law firm of Harris, Harris, and Associates. I mean, <laughs> they are literally, you can't put a second unit in. So any team that they play, and they're giving up, a, don't get me wrong, they're giving up a massive number. They're giving up 36 and a half to Arkansas State. And I'm giving all 36 and a half points with no problems whatsoever. Because in my opinion, they're definitely going to score 42 points. And there's a good chance Arkansas is not going to score a thing. Um, Alabama gives up maybe seven points to teams of Arkansas State's ilk. And Arkansas State's going to be without their best wide receiver. I don't like it. Um, they're getting paid $1.7 million to come to Alabama. They're getting paid $1.7 million to get the doors blown off them. I like that game as my best bet of the week. Man, listen, first of all, we're not going to disrespect Sunbelt football here on this podcast, number one. Two, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That was some good stuff about Arkansas State. I know they got a good quarterback in Hanson that everybody likes, but Alabama really surprised me last week with the way they handled that ball game against Louisville. I thought I would have stayed away from that game because I didn't know if Alabama was going to actually blow them out. I knew they were going to win, but not blow them out with the with the the line or the spread in that game. But they did exactly that. And so I can understand why you feel that way for Bama. A big number I'm looking at that I find interesting. It's again another FCF FCS team that lost that well, that beat an FBS team, and that's the UTEP Miners 23 and a half point underdogs to UNLV. Now I could understand this if this was UTEP going up against BYU, maybe Fresno State, but I don't think UNLV has earned that cachet to be this big of a favorite over a team like UTEP. Now, yes, UTEP was an underdog last week against Northern Arizona. I get it. But UNLV, I've watched these guys play. First of all, they got a really good quarterback in Amante uh, Rogers. I think he's going to be a good, good player for them as he moves forward through the process. But I don't know if they're a 23-and-a-half-point favorite better than UTEP. I think this game will be close. It'll be high scoring because UNLV makes a lot of mistakes, um, both mental and physical mistakes. I think UTEP, again, gets back on the right track and covers this this uh, 23 and a half point spread. So I'll take UTEP in the points. And that's a great, that's a great pick. UNLV had a good loss. If you can have a good loss versus USC, they were predicted to get the doors blown off them. They kept it competitive. USC was able to, to pull away in the in the waning in the waning moments of the game but it was a tough match i just don't see the fascination with giving unlv that many points i don't remember them in the last two to three years beating any team by any number legitimate to, to that many points so i think that's a great call with utep and and you know those texas schools they play tough like they don't just have to beat them and if you beat them, you, I mean, you could beat them, but they're going to play you tough. And so I think that's a great call by you. 
Now you got UConn and Boise State listed here, and UConn was my uh, viral pick of the week, right? I guess I called that score on uh, Danny Connell's show with Rajah Bell. I said they'll lose like 56-17. I got the over wrong, but I got the score right. But yeah, you, you got the <laughs> over wrong, and I'm surprised that you went with the over because we were talking about it, and I think that might have been one where you were – the, the number was right on the fence at the time, and the number ended up actually dropping from when you um, selected it. And so if you had actually take the, took, taken the number at what it, what it closed at, you would have actually covered Ah, which is which is something which is something that a lot of betters have to remember, or especially people who are novice. When you start getting into over unders and point spreads, it's important to catch the catch the number at the right number, and and that's the whole thing about this Boise State game. For me, I look at Boise State and I go, Boise State just beat a a, a, a solid, a real solid Troy team. Troy plays people tough. Boise is going to be at home. UConn just got blown out. Now they've got to go and travel to the to the to, to the mountain time. They've got to go and deal with this Boise State offense. They've got to go and deal with this altitude. I don't see any way that UConn keeps this thing close. I like the 31 and a half. I'm not afraid of the hook because I think that they'll probably win, you know, 42 to 7 and and, and we're good. We're good anyway. So I like Boise State to take care of business. That offense is looking really good. I don't like the way UConn travels. I don't like them in that mountain time and that mountain air. I think that's just going to be too much for them. They're going to have back-to-back really bad losses. Maybe they should drop the program. I think, you know. <laughs> now, now, see, here's the thing. It's not like UConn's program's that old. You know what I'm saying? So theoretically, if somebody would have said, hey, UConn maybe wanted to think about dropping football, at least you might go, well, what was the advantage? You know, but with Kansas, it's definitely not that that case. And I don't, and I, obviously I don't believe that UConn should, you know, drop their program. I think that every college should have a football program because I think it just makes your school better. But that's just me. Right. It, it, it all varies on different levels. And we, we remember UConn and UMass being FCS powers. You know, so mm-hmm. maybe that's an option for those particular teams. But Kansas, come on, that you could make a case that Kansas could be potentially running back you. I mean, you talk about John Riggins, you talk about Gail Sayers, you talk about uh, June Henley. I mean, they have some dogs back there at, at Kansas. But let's not get sidetracked. But speaking of Kansas, moving over to the NFL, I'm going to Missouri for Kansas City as they travel to LA to take on the Chargers right now. The Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. I'm sorry, but I like San Diego. I like Kansas City. I'm sorry, San Diego. I like Los Angeles. I like Kansas City. I just don't see the offense uh, right now for the Chargers, and they've had some issues defensively as far as in the secondary with guys getting hurt. I think Kansas City goes in and wins this game, so I'm taking the points in Kansas City. And that's a – to me, Kansas City is a great pick. I think it's going to be a sexy pick. I see a lot of people probably jumping on that um, Kansas City pick because they're going to be a team that people are going to think are going to put a lot of points up. Um, so I, I like I like that pick. For me, I look at a team that has done nothing to make me feel confident in what they're trying to do. Um, a team that 
they essentially tried to tank last year. And because of the play of their quarterback, because their quarterback play was so good last year, he wouldn't allow them to tank. They they tried to bench him, and yet he still found a way to get them into the playoffs, kicking and screaming. So what did they do? They got rid of him. They brought in a more inferior quarterback that they drafted, and then they're not even starting him because they want the five-interception wonder kid, Nathan Peterman, to go out there and stink it up for the first three games so that they have a legitimate reason to tell their fan base, hey, we're going to bring in Josh Allen. It's the Buffalo Bills. To me, the next three weeks should be bet against the Bills for the first three weeks because they are literally trying to lose on purpose. I I, I have a feeling it's just not going to go well for them. I like Baltimore minus eight. I think that Joe Flacco has the heat on him, and it's not just um, it's not just Lamar Jackson heat. It's RG three heat. RG three looked fantastic in the preseason, and so now you have three legitimate quarterbacks on your roster. You have a retooled receiving core. You have a few backs. You have a defense that's going to be chomping at the bit to get at that horrible offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. I give this eight points. I sit back and I watch my money roll in. Man, listen, that's probably one of the easiest picks to make. And we we talked about this before on, on another podcast or, you know, in person or something. The blowout in the NFL is 10 points or more, right? You figure every game should be close. That's why the spreads of the lines look like they do. So to see this line this high, I, I you laid out the points perfectly. This is Nate Peterman versus the Ravens defense. And that's the Ravens could essentially win this game eight nothing. You know, I just don't see how Buffalo is going to generate points uh with the with the options they have on that team. Right now they, they're good at running back with LaShawn McCoy, but everywhere else they're average. And I think that right there is tailor made for this team to rack up this the points in this week one victory. I'm gonna go ahead on and go with uh, a game that's probably a pick'em. I mean, it's Washington versus Arizona. The Redskins plus one in this game. I know everybody loves Arizona. I think this one will be a defensive battle. And when it's a defensive battle, you got to find, okay, all things being considered, who do you trust offensively? Who do you trust at quarterback? I tend to trust Alex Smith more than Sam Bradford. I actually think Adrian Peterson can have a really good day. I'm I'm taking the Redskins and the points to win uh, – and I think the risk is a win outright, but I'm also taking the points. And it's always a smart move in betting to take the points when you think a team's going to win outright, unless you just unless you just have money to play with. I mean, always take the points because why not? You're still going to get minus 120, right? You know that's that's you know that's 80 percent on your juice. Um, so you definitely want to do that. You definitely want to take the points. And in this case, I just don't know what Arizona is yet. I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know what their thought process is for this season. Sam Bradford is like a brittle, you know, a brittle bear out there. You just never know when he's going to crack and and fall. Um, they're going to try to get the ball to Johnson, but who else? What else? How else? I don't know. And so that's that's the great pick. Um, if I'm looking at it for me, my my second NFL pick is again another team that I think handled their quarterback situation the wrong way, and it's the New York Jets. They had an opportunity to win now. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who clearly proved himself to be the number one quarterback on that team. And instead of saying, you know what, we're going to ride with Bridgewater, 
We're going to let Donald mature since he is one of the youngest, um, if not the youngest, I believe. Um, yeah, first he's round, the youngest. Youngest pick ever at quarterback. You know, even younger than Jameis Winston, who was super young when he came out. Like, let him, let him learn for a season, sit on the bench. Instead of doing that, they decided to give the New Orleans Saints a gift. They gifted the New Orleans Saints a 25-year-old stud that they only had to give up a third-round pick for, when in reality, a third-round pick most likely is never going to never going to yield the type of or caliber of player that, 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 excuse me, that Teddy Bridgewater is. So to me, the Jets set themselves back, and they, and they told me by saying we're going to start Sam Darnold is we're not looking to win right now. We're looking to win in the future. We'll take our lumps with this young guy right now. Well, those lumps are going to come right out the gate. They're going to come right out the gate. And and to me, I think the Lions are poised for a great year. I think if this isn't the year that the Lions are going to make a move or make a run at a championship, win is because they've got they've got defensive weapons. They have offensive weapons everywhere. They've got a stable quarterback. They have a stable offensive philosophy. If this isn't the year that they do something, they brought in a new head coach for some reason, even though the old head coach was doing a great job. They brought a new head coach in that's supposed to be more of a defensive-minded coach to help shore up the defense. If this isn't the year that the Lions do something, then when is? I'd like them to come out the gate, win by a touchdown. Yeah, see, this is the one I, where I, I disagree with you uh, about this particular matchup. I, I don't know about – I don't know much about what we're going to see from the Lions on defense. I love their secondary. They're outstanding in a secondary. Um, they may have one of the best secondaries in that division. Um, Darius Slay is outstanding. They have Tracy Walker, obviously a raging Cajun rookie, but they also have Jamal Agnew, all pro punt returner. So they're good in, in the secondary. They just let go Anthony Zetto uh, today, and he was a starter for them 16 games last year. So – I don't know, man. I think the I think this could be a game the Jets win. I think when you look at the Jets and their perimeter talent, you know, with their tight ends and uh, Darnold being able to escape and, and things like that. Not saying he he's going to be, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor or somebody like that, but you know, I think this game could be closer. If they lose, it'll be by a field goal or less. Because I also would I would bet more on Ty Bowles' defense. Right now, than Matt Patricia, I, you know that whole Belichick uh, coaching tree. I just feels I feel like I gotta see it first before I believe it. So I would either take the Jets in the points or stay away from this game completely. I just what what scares me about it, just to come back in real quick, is Sam Darnold. Every time he was up again in the preseason, every time he was up against legitimate NFL first-teamers, he struggled. And so now they're game-planning for him. Like, there's like they don't have a – he's not going to catch anybody by surprise. They're game-planning for him. They're game-planning for him to be the quarterback. And and we all know what defensive coordinators like to do to rookie, rookie, um, rookie quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks who have a, a propensity to turn the ball over. That's what scares me about it. 
and and we'll see how it works out. But I, I'm I'm totally with you. I understand why somebody might fade this game or even might decide they're going to go the other way. Yeah, it always depends. You know, week one is essentially the fifth preseason game, so we'll see. There's a lot of good games on the week one schedule. I just think that uh, we're in for a treat this year. It's going to be a lot of surprises. The NFL is always like that. I can't wait to see what, how it plays out in week two of college football. So, Gene, what you have coming down the pike this week, or where you working this week? Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to be on the road this week, but but do look out for do look out for a few stories from me. I've got some I've got something working right now talking about um talking about Le'Veon Bell and and really touching on that. I've also got got some stuff coming out talking about some quarterback battles in college um in my in my my campus kickoff um that I like to do. And then you also want to catch me on my podcast, Offensive Interference, which I'll be recording um, tomorrow and it'll probably be, you know, available for people to check out then. Um, you can get all that if you follow me at Twitter at Gene Clemens, um, Instagram at Gene Clemens, and anywhere else that you want to find me at Gene Clemens. Yeah, those Offensive Interference podcasts and quick chats you do were phenomenal. The one you did with Matt Waldman was great. Um, shout out to Matt Waldman, friend of the show, friend of the program, friend of the the company so this week i'll be at i'll be on the broadcast for the lehigh not oh wow lehigh i'm getting ahead of myself for the georgetown campbell game you can see mike mentor uh head coach for campbell um and i'll also check out while i'm down there after the game i'll go down and do some scouting at the richmond fordham game a lot of prospects there so be on the lookout for that and i'll be at the giants jags game doing some coverage there so we got a lot to to you know that we got coming down the pike this weekend for a football game plan. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. Follow Gene at Gene Clemens. Follow me at F-Ball Game Plan. And we will catch you guys on bets, best bets next week. Hopefully we'll have Chris as well, but we'll catch you guys next week. Good luck this, this uh, football week two, week one in the NFL.